Hello and welcome to the Round 16 podcast with Fantasy Take TV. Uh, on the agenda today, a few injuries we need to talk about, a few talking points in each line as Dacos the keeper, you know, Tim Taranto's uh, looks back to his best, so touch on that. Uh, we'll go over the top players in each line and we're going to order them and see if we agree or disagree with each other. The rookies and also a Discord Q&A. So jump in the Discord if you want to answer a question um, in the future for future weeks. Um, also... Shout out, shout out to our sponsors at Manscaped. They got all sorts of great stuff. They got boxer shorts. They got the weed whacker for your, for your nose hairs. They got um, the lawnmower 4.0 for down below. Heaps of stuff. And you can get 20% off. Why go to the shops when you can just get 20% off right here with the code FTTV. So big up to Manscaped. Now, boys, I think we all had decent weeks this week. Uh well, not not so much me compared to you guys, but Eno, tell us about your week. Uh, before we get to that, I'd just like to say, well, we didn't have the podcast last week because George was a bit sick, and, and but this week, uh, JD's feeling under the weather, but he actually decided to show up, so uh, big ups to you, JD, pushing through. Uh, yeah. George wasn't able to do it last week, but uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not all uh, not all heroes wear capes, but you know, I'm um, I'm not anti big farmer, so I'm happy to take a cold pill tablet <laughs> and kind of turn up. Uh, you know. Uh, anyway, regards to my Even, week. Uh, mine was that bad. Oh, I actually yeah. had to take a quadril, but usually <laughs> I like avoid that stuff like a plague. <laughs> but yeah, well done for getting up. Uh, I was expecting that from JD, but and I got in early, so anyway. Yeah, he probably was going there anyway. Um, twenty seven hundred. So yeah, biggest score for the year, quite clearly, in one of those just rounds where all those highly owned players and and guns of the comp just seemed to click on the same round, and they all went pretty nuts. So. The one trade I did do was Stewart to Steel, which was pretty much locked. And then the other trade that was Dacos to Aaron Hall that George was going to shoot me for if I pulled through, uh, I backed off because I was out and about on Saturday, saw Massimo having a pretty good game. So he's been a, uh, an awesome pickup for the Bombers. Um, and he was on about, oh, I think it was like 89 or 90 or something. And then because that game was close, he, he got scaled down at 83. And I just took it, took it and ran and said, oh, I'll put Dacos on the bench, you know. Probably can get close to that, but uh, yeah, not enough respect for the kid did I have after he, I mean, he's been in good form and I just shouldn't have benched him, but missed out on 60 points there. You live and you learn, but it's good to at least have him and not Aaron Hall with his uh, injury, unfortunately. So I would have been two trades down, would have been with, left with two and uh, in a pretty worse position. So you take the small wins there. Um, how did you go, JD? Uh, yeah, not too bad for me. Uh, twenty six six nine, which is a pretty good score. I mean, yeah, like Clary C, Petrarca in the side, Sinclair. It's hard not to have a big round when you've got some of these players kicking about dropping ceiling scores. So moved up about thirty four, thirty five hundred ranks um, into I think what is like seven point eight k or something like that. So into the top ten k. Hopefully keep pushing towards the pointy end, even though it might not make the pinnacle of it this year. But yeah, team's at least moving in the right direction for now. My trades, uh, well, we had a bit of fun on Thursday night, didn't we? Or fr- Was it Thursday <laughs> or Friday? Uh, and uh, we traded in um, uh, Cheetahs <laughs> and Stringer uh, for, I think it was Clark and Cooper Stevens. So uh, yeah, I've now got um, Heaney and Stringer to loop at F6 the rest of the year, which I'm sure will cause me lots of headaches as neither of them score well and. Uh, I picked the wrong one of the bad scores each week anyway. Uh, what about yourself, George? Yeah, how was, uh, well, how was your week? Well, usually when someone says, let's have fun before they do a trade, that's usually a sign of <laughs> surrendering. Um, 
but it actually worked out with the stringer. He played well. Well, first one half, quarter. Not so much, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all you need. That's all you need. One good quarter oh, yeah. in a closely scaled game, and between between Heaney and Stringer, as long as I just get one quarter for one of those players once a week, I'll be fine. So I scored uh, two thousand five hundred ninety into rank one point seven k, and uh, no trades. So I've used no trades twice, and that was the past two weeks. So yeah, this week I think um, every week death riding Sean Darcy with Big O, it's just I can't take having negative pods. It drives me nuts. So I just have to sit through up another seven weeks. Sinclair, even Merritt scored three goals. That was just fantastic. I always made fun of the people that went Zach Merritt. I would say in the Discord all the broke Zach Merritt owners. Now I'm a broke Oscar McInerney owner. So that that bit me on the ass. So. You guys enjoy that three-goal hole in 140. Yeah, a special um, shout-out to Luca as well, who's, um, you know, talking about Josh Kelly, the Royals Royce each week, and uh, just quietly <laughs> being outdone by uh, little old humble Zach Merritt. So, anyway. <laughs> and probably play every game, Zach Merritt. So, see how that goes. So, first things first is probably touch on the injuries this week. So, uh, basically, to put, as Shandy, I think, put it, uh, Christmas has come early for George. Watching all the all the plays that I think were thought were bad picks, not celebrating injuries or anything like that, but all the plays that I thought were bad picks because of durability, they all capitulated at once. So those players were Trelaw, Hall, Rich, Zorko. No one really picked Yo. Houston probably a bit unlucky. He doesn't have soft, soft tissue history. So these guys... Would you consider holding any of these players, um, Eno? I think Trelaw would be uh, the only one. Maybe Houston. I don't know what the injury... I mean, we do these on Monday. We don't really know the full extent yet. Uh, I mean, guys like Rich, Zorko, Hall, they've all, they're all trades for me, no matter what. But Trelaw, it was like a tight hammy at the end of the game. They sort of just put him on ice. He might get up. So I guess you just hold and hope. But... Um, Dan Houston, maybe he's at what price is he at? That probably comes into it. Uh, I should probably check that because if he's still, yeah, if he's still at a decent price where you can get like a Bailey Dale and you have the trades to do it, I'd just do it. Um, but yeah, those other three guys. I mean, you say Christmas came early, Jules, but it probably wasn't early enough, was it? Really? I mean, Zorko <laughs> killed us last year, so that was yeah, that was about that was about a hundred weeks too late. Uh, Rich. He's had a pretty decent year, um, but I don't actually know if he's going to be out. Like, he, maybe he's out, but not too long. And Hall, well, yeah, you're right, mate. I mean, it wasn't his hammy, though. That's the thing. It was a quad. But I guess they're all sort of related, those leg and lower body injuries. He's just – he hasn't had a good run, and he was he was just distraught on the bench. He's um, – I think you said it. It would have been pretty good if he found this position six years ago because he's really yeah. good at it. But it's just too little, sort of too late, and – um, yeah, he just hasn't been able to condition his, himself to to keep up. So hopefully he's back. But um, yeah, I think most of those guys are trades for me. Yeah, you um you missed talking about Heaney as well, who copped that corky oh, yeah. to the quarter over. They're talking about him being sore as well. Maybe whether he gets up or not. Uh, I it's, think it, there was a quote today, JD. He's good, I believe. Yeah, yeah, he'll play through it. Just but I mean, this is a problem with Heaney. He plays through yeah. everything, right? And then he his was really hold up. His was very very unlucky. Yes, it was. He basically collided. Yeah. So yeah. 
Yeah, it was Langford's knee into his quad, I think. Um, so just on, I, I did didn't realize this, but the Brisbane Lions actually did release a uh, update yeah, okay. on Zorko and Rich two days ago, and they confirmed both have minor hamstring strains, and they're only expected to miss the game against Essendon this week. Um, so mm. they're potentially just one week injuries. If they were one weekers and they were coming back next week, guaranteed, would you be holding on to them? I think if you've only got two or three trades and you've got decent cover like D'Ambrosio, where, where Dacos, yeah. you probably would. You're probably forced to. Yeah. I think yeah. there's a there's a reasonable chance that Rich comes back and plays out the year. Uh, although yep. signs aren't good. He had a bit of hamstring awareness a few weeks ago. Now he's done it again, but sounds like he isn't fully you know, if he's gonna miss one or two weeks and it's not that bad. Uh, I think there's a decent chance that Zorko in a whole bodies a shot. Uh, they've had a pretty bad run the past few weeks, so I would be getting the hell out of them. Zorko doesn't even train, doesn't he? By reports, he just does up and plays. Uh-huh. Yeah, like he's managing. <laughs> he's, he's managing like it's not even just what he's managing like three different injuries, but he has been for two years. That's the thing. Um, he's he not worth anything last yeah. year, but yeah, that's the problem. That's the problem. Who do you go to? Stephen Mays, <laughs> free run average. I think you said before it was like sixty or something. Uh, it was almost three hundred and ninety. <laughs> Got to get him up to someone. Oh, yeah, like a Whitfield, God. possibly. Yeah, Whitfield. The, do you know what's a little bit unfortunate um, for Zorka owners is the fact that Rich isn't out all year? Because I think even like Kadeen Coleman would be interesting, oh, yeah. um, given that he'd then have all the ball down back if there's no Zorko, no Rich. And May's 379, um, so it is Stephen May, really, isn't it? As the only one, if you're a Zorko owner. He's actually cheaper. How much is Coleman? Is he's four thirty? He's gone up quite a bit. He's been really yeah. good. Yeah, four thirty. So if you had cash, I'd maybe him. But I think Whitfield's probably still a better choice. Much more. Yeah. Four seventy-seven. Yeah, it's quite a bit from Zorko. What's Zorko's price? Three ninety. Yeah. Oh my. Yeah, I think this. Oh well. So the only person I can think of that price range is Steve May. Yeah, that's three eighty. Yeah. That's literally it. Yep. I think you got, yeah, got to jump off. I think this is a good lesson. I mean, I, I've learned this one the hard way, but uh, early in the year with Hall, but I think last year messed with my psyche a little bit with, you know, Hall and Sorko, F1 and 2, and they've completely fallen apart. And I kind of expected this to happen last year. Um, cause remember, Hall was injured in the preseason last year as well. He was at a groin issue for about two weeks. So I guess it's just a basic fundamental of the game i think um that you know over 30 soft tissue history though it worked last year it's just it is severely backfired this year and you're in a very very bad spot um unless you have a ton of trades left uh, to try and fix these now so um yeah out of all of them probably i think rich you can hold just because uh it sounds like his is on the much lower end and you know he's played throughout the year as hall and zorko yeah pretty sure, I think. So, I mean, Zorko's um, unexpected to miss the week as well, but the problem is he's just come back off yeah. one of these as well, right? Like, And then, yeah, Trelaw's probably a hold, I think. He's, uh, does sounds like something minor. So see how he goes, but I don't, I don't think anything's been said on Trelaw yet. No. Houston is apparently just a knock, so he is a chance. But if you had the trade, say you had like four plus, he's at a decent price where you can get someone like a Dale or something. So maybe you'd pull the trigger. 
But if he had no trades, it seems like he might get up, which is positive. So Hall and Yo are definitely trades. Uh, Trelaw and Heaney both look like they'll play this week from the reports we've heard. Uh, and Houston as well. And then Rich and Zorko is one week away. And so I think, I think it's probably... Yeah. yeah, he'd probably try and get out of Zorko just because May's a good option. I don't know about Rich. I would probably just hold him, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, yeah, durability is very, very important. And to be honest, I'm surprised I even answered like replacements for guys like Hall because uh, I've tried to stress this a lot. And then after I tell people don't go Hall, I have all these questions in the comments, who do I replace Hall with? So good luck, I guess. <laughs> and I wait, wait, you're going to go to Hall this week? What did you do instead? Uh, look, it, it, like George, on the Sunday, on the Monday, it all looks enticing. But I think once I got towards the weekend, I, uh, I watched Zorko and Rich uh, go down on whatever not was that Thursday night. I'm just like, you can't Right, go. right. You, you saw the warning signs. Yeah. And then Massimo scored 80 odd. And I was like, you know what? They cost it, Matt. Like, these guys are fine at D6 for now. I'll make the call next week. Um, I just thought this is going to be the injury weekend. I want to just wait and see uh, what actually happens. And it, so, it turned out to be. What's funny, after those first couple, I was like, no, no, Hall will be fine, right? Like, enough <laughs> soft tissues have already been sacrificed. And like, Trelaw was under an injury class. Oh, so I'm yeah, like, nah, there's well. no way there's Halls going down as well. And they still managed to. We've grabbed like three more soft tissue injuries in oh. this weekend. So it was definitely one of those weekends. But not his hammy, but yeah, yeah, but yeah. Okay. So I think oh, we can move on. It's a good lesson, yes. George. You uh you preached it for five years, but you are you are right. It doesn't always plan it like pan out, of of course, like last year, but uh, yeah. This year it's happened and at the worst time really for people. Yeah, that's uh, too many warning signs with these guys this year, anyway. So now this is a dilemma that you have, Eno. So moving to the defenders. So there's only one defender we're going to discuss, and that is in the top 5,000, 20% of people still own Nick Dacos, which surprises me a lot. So people, yeah. I guess people are probably trying, uh, trying to get rid of him in the last buy, and then they thought, well, why the hell am I getting rid of him? He's scoring like, you know, back-to-back tons or whatever it was. And now he's dropped a 140. Isn't Nick Dacos a keeper? Yeah, no. <laughs> he's so he's, what's his three rounds? One fifteen. He's five rounds. One oh four. If he based off his five round, I think it is like it's enough to be to be a keeper. the The point I have to make and stress that my team has is I have those three top liners. So the three guys that are pretty much averaging around your one thirteen, one fifteen in Dawson, Sicily, and Sinclair. Then Hewitt that everyone has, and Dacos is basically my sort of Jack Crisp. Uh, like equivalent because I don't have him and I have short. So he's sort of the one that's, you know, if he keeps up the 100 to 105 average, I don't, I see no reason for me to use a trade on him because um, my defenses are pretty much the same as everyone else's. I guess Doherty is the one I don't have. So we need to probably speak on him and what our ex- expectations are for him in the last month and a half. We sort of saw him and Cripps didn't not train during the week and they both sort of had pretty average games by their standards. I mean, Doc had a lot of clangers. Uh, you probably can't put it down to much more than that, but um, I don't see why Dacos <laughs> can't be a keeper from here. Uh, he had six kickouts played in from all those. Uh, Darcy Moore is the other guy that takes him and he just had a pretty 
nasty knee injury, although it looks all good for him. But you'd expect him to miss some time, although I think they said he could be back this week. But I can't believe that. that, that they'd have to sort of nurse him, surely. I saw He's two and four somewhere on yeah. Discord. He's too important for them to just rush back the next week after a, a knee injury like that or a, a scare like that. But we'll see. So if he gets kick outs and keeps playing this disgusting role across half back that he that he's very good at, like he's a very good user of the footy. Um, so you know some of those cross ground kicks that he was hitting um, were just unbelievable. So yeah, I don't know, guys. <laughs> at this point, I'm not. He's not going anywhere from my team. What do you think, JD? Um, well, I, I'm just trying to figure out what's changed with uh, Collingwood's game plan to kind of frame up the way that they have. Is it that? There's no uh, Pendlebury in the in the backline back anymore. Now, like it's yeah. both Chris Chris with him both playing midfield or forward of the ball, and it's just Dacos's backline now. Maybe. I think he's been able to grow into the role. The kick-ins are up, and I think they actually need it. Like they were throwing him around a bit. He spent a bit of the games where he was like thirty percent forward early in the year. They're trying to make finals here, and they, they look like every bit of finals team. They want him in in defense. That position, yeah. Yeah. Pendlebury's a... I was just looking at his CBA. He's all 60-plus the past six weeks or so. Six weeks, yeah. I was scrambling to do well. the same to figure that out. So, uh, is Dacos got a monopoly on kick-ins now? Well, he had... Uh, well, more went down really late, right? So he already sort of had it this week, but... The week before, he didn't take any, and Darcy took. I mean, there was a lot of kickouts this week, more than usual. Yeah. But he, okay, yeah, he's getting more of them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it was Darcy Moore and a little bit of Howe, but Howe didn't. Yeah, and then Dacos would take like one or two every week, pretty much. But now, thing is, Howe will come back, so he'll maybe take a few of Darcy Moore's. So look, he's got a he's got a share of them. It's not going to be like a full number one, but he's at least got a share. He still looks like he's going to get just 25 to 30. I mean, yeah, yeah. he had 37 with the kick in, so he still had 30 without. I think, like, realistically, right, Dacos isn't in my top eight options or probably top nine options. But if you have to, if you're forced into playing him at D6 at the moment to cover for Stewart, I actually think that's okay. I probably just wouldn't trade Stewart at the moment. I'd hold Dacos until Stewart's back. I think that's that's a positive. Plan. The 140 actually helps. He's got a 40 break even. He could get to 520, like, and then be almost not far of a swap to Stewart in, in three weeks or so, which is ridiculous. I think what plays into it is most people have short. I think 80, 90% of people in the top 5K. Are you getting rid of short or Dacos? That's my Stewart. problem now. Yeah. I guess I, I get to assess short. It. Well, I get to assess it, obviously, over the next two or three. Dacos's role is better. Yeah. Yeah, you're probably right. But I Shorty can... might. It depends. If Shorty's going badly, I might not be able to get there. Yeah. That's and I think Shorty also plays North soon, so I might want to hold off two weeks. Yeah, I mean, we he's need... got a five-round average of 87 and a three-round average of 83, Shorty. Like, it's yeah, pretty it's dire good. at the moment. It's not good, but um, he's my, you know, that's the thing. He's in place of Crips for me. Like it's, or Crisp, sorry. It's like, like I have those all three. Uh, at the very least, I have those three top liners, which I'm not sure what the total people would be having all, all three of them. But yeah, that's definitely 
makes it a bit easy to stomach. So um, consensus is, I think you can hold for now. Yeah, yeah, I think he stays for now. North this week, they're not going to go near him. Nope. So next, we'll move on to the mids. And just quickly, uh, I only got two names here, but first, Callum Mills. So scored the 86. So I don't know how he scored 86, but uh, started on a wing for a bit. Um, Any concerns with Callum Mills, JD? Did you see the, the Sydney game? I did like see the bombers the game because of the app. Yeah, so yeah. that's one of the ones I watched. I like. I have no idea what was going on with this game because even from the first ten of bounce, he wasn't starting on the ball. They were playing him on a wing. Uh, so, like the last few weeks, we'd seen him play on the ball or behind the ball. Yeah, uh, once Swans had considered a couple of quick goals. This time, he's playing on the wing, which just the worst position of the lot for him by far. They did move him onto the ball a little bit late, especially when the game was like in crunch time. It just seemed like such a strange selection, though, that he's was used in this way. So only had 50% of CBAs, which is the lowest he's had in a few weeks. And just, yeah, didn't look up to it. I think horse... uh, So originally I was wondering if he was carrying something, like if his Achilles or ankle was playing up and that's why I've seen this dip in form. Horse seemed to suggest he just had a bad game. Uh, What what did you guys see? Unfortunately, I didn't see... A whole lot, so I can't tell too much. But they just, I think for the CBAs, like it's a bit like the the stringer, the dusty thing where they just want Papley in there for the first, you know, just the first 10 seconds, you know, get his body energy out and then he goes back forward. So like was Mills actually like still around the ball for most of the time? Like he still had 50%, but was he still around the ball as well? He, he did not touch the ball in the first half, basically. Yeah. He got two yeah, chip was- marks down back and that was basically it. It was just a bad game. He just, I think he's carrying something is what I would put it down to because, I mean, to be honest, he probably has all year without Achilles, but he's just that good. He manages to find those games where he goes at 90% by foot. Is just uh, He's like a high super coach scorer, but maybe it's catching up to him. I think this is a, the thing with Doherty as well is they had a limited preseason. So, like, Mills was barely ready for round one, and this is when later parts of the year you can see that kind of kick in like the just the lack of miles in, in the legs in the preseason so uh and with Doherty it's only one week short turnaround so maybe it's just a one-off but you couldn't train it during the week so uh, I don't think he's a trade out but I don't think he's a trade in yep and then next we'll touch on Jack Steele so only the six contested possessions but seems to have a pretty strong outside game calling for the ball looks good uh play uh kick the go- kick the nice goal as well um, what are your expectations for Jack Steele? Is he in the like? Do you think he'll go a one twenty plus from here on out? I'd probably say one fifteen, closer to. Um, the, yeah, the tackle numbers are what's what's positive for me. Or was it like ten last week? Nine this week? Like, nine. Yeah, nine, yeah, yeah. So like, yeah, the contested balls down. Not sure why. Maybe yeah, you know, Brad Crouch and others doing the work, but. Um, yeah, the tackle numbers give you uh, they give you a bit of hope that he's yeah the shoulder is good. So yeah, I'm happy with him. Maybe yeah, not one twenties, but I think one fifteen somewhere in there. Yeah, I think like it's important to note that Carlton are one of the teams that are better at restricting midfield scores than others, or at least they were through the first part of the year. So to see Steele have a down game, contested ball wise, disposal wise, second game back, um, I don't think is that surprising. But yeah, the tackle numbers are really promising. There was one 
corner there where he just seemed to rack them up over and over again. Yeah. Uh, I I would say I've probably got him around that 115 to 120 mark from here on out and definitely someone I would love to have at my M8 position over some of the others that I've currently got. Agreed. Would love to have Jack Steele over Petty Cripps, but yep. can't know the position. Particular. Get him a bit cheaper next year. <laughs> yeah, the only thing that's worth noting yeah. is they do have like a fairly tough fixture still to come, St Kilda. So like you've still got Frio, Dogs, Geelong, Brisbane, Swans. So they're like five pretty pretty tough games in there. Yeah. He's probably building. I remember having Guthrie last year. He came back from the AC joint issue and he was horrible for a few weeks. And I traded him and he came good. So you'd think well, that's... Most still- of them are at Marvel. That's a good thing. So. Saints are five goal bit of team at Marvel for whatever reason. <laughs> <laughs> so finally, I think we'll touch on one forward. Uh Tim Taranto for I want to say four thirty K, something like that. So pretty cheap for what he can do. I think a lot of us were planning at the start of the year we'll get Timmy in after his buy, but you know he's it me so much because injured. it was Heaney or Taranto last week for me, and I ended up Wussing out and going. Uh, I think I told you to Toronto. go Heaney. I would have yep. gone Heaney. I should have gone Toronto. Yeah. I knew it too. I just didn't back yeah. my judgment. Oh well. Yes. Yeah, so sorry. You were Timmy's saying Toronto. Toronto. Timmy's it would have been to these trash games. Like that was a good game for him. Good conditions. Um, he yeah. still wasn't in the midfield. He still was just half forward, sort of. So, well, still... so you say half forward. So he wasn't starting midfield rotation like i think he only had 30 percent or something but he was then up onto the ball almost straight after that yeah he, that's kind of what yeah. he was doing at the start of the year right yeah yeah but then he quickly turned to like 60s and 80s and stuff not too long after that so it's just timmy he can have those good ones but yeah he hasn't for six rather, years so. yeah he doesn't he doesn't i'd rather have him than Heaney though that's the that's the that's probably the, the kicker yeah yeah, yeah that's fair. I, I I think the annoying thing is it would have been nice if you had you had a proper look at Sorrento because his time on ground was poor last week and yeah. this week it was back up somewhere in the 80s. So it was just yeah. normal Toronto, whereas last week it was just they were building up. So I guess it's just the timing kind of hurt you because like I said Henny last week and now if you ask me, I would 100% say Toronto. Yeah. Um, it's a bit annoying, but I, I don't, certainly not top six. Got to remember, like as you said, I know it's perfect conditions for him in the wet. Um, Get off off the uh, off the ground, tackling, uh, head kicks forward. There's Timmy with her, so she was not top eight, on, honestly. But he's the best budget. Yeah, I think all, all the all the twenty four kicks, ten tackles. He only went one ten. I guess a lot of points went around that game. That was a bit of a weird game. Yeah, it was. I mean, there were lots of um, GWS players in particular that scored really well that game. So. Yeah. How many tons did they have? Like 10 or something? Nine or 10? Yeah, yeah, and a few 90s too. Yep. Yeah, so pretty hard for him to, yep. to get bulk points even with a crack stat line. Plus, I mean, oh, actually, I'll just rant on this quickly now. The way CD, uh, like Champion Data, scores games is not built for the wet because, like, spoils, right? Like, good spoils from a contested mark get you points as a like one percenter, and where the spoil goes, get you more or less points. There was like one quarter where I think the Hawks had, or it was one of the teams, or maybe it was the Hawks, had like four four marks from like 50 attempts or 50 kicks, four marks from 50 kicks. 
because wet conditions, right? Like it's impossible to mark the ball. I think Whitfield alone dropped like three in the first quarter. But just because you put a fist up in that pack, they're giving you points for a spoil for a ball that was never going to marked anyway. So they like incredibly overrated um, Sicily and Sam Taylor's games because they had all these spoils of balls that were never going to get marked anyway. But anyway, sidebar. Like, I guess if they punch going. it out the area, though, that's that's a good win too. Mate, they... Sicily was punching it to Callum Brown to kick goals, all right? He wasn't punching it out of the area. <laughs> Jesse Hogan was sticking him. He was. Whitfield ended up having seven marks despite dropping a bunch of like. Oh, he could have scored so much well. more. Yeah, he oh. could have gone much bigger. That's just his. Yeah, that's his season. <laughs> yeah, in a nutshell. But he's he's looked much better last couple yeah. of weeks. Whitfield yeah. much better. Yeah, it's like the Whitfield we expected. We're getting at the start of the year is like finally emerged, and none of us have many more. <laughs> we're gonna pick Classic. him next year. Oh, the thing is, he'll be I cheap. Do. That's a bloody problem. So no, you have to so consider actually, it. So, somewhat serious question. There obviously talks today that uh, GWS has met with Alistair Clarkson as a potential oh, yeah. head coach replacement. Look, I, I think it's really hard to actually pick a lot of the GWS players if you get a new coach because you've seen what Leon Cameron does, bad coach. You've seen what Spike's done, which is just play them all in their best position. But Clarkson's a different breed of coach, right? And like different game style, different strategy. You could see a lot of these plays getting used. And honestly, outside of um, Tom Mitchell and more recently, James Sicily, I don't think there was anyone else in those teams that was overly fantasy relevant. Chad Wingard was a tease a lot of years. Uh, what we had Segler one year that was not good. Back in the uh, day, what, they had virtual? virtual Mitchell. Sam Mitchell was relevant for 10 years in the yeah, midst. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And even true. Hodge, he was half back. He was going back there. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm just saying, like, it's yeah. like it's just he's not a coach that's been overly fantasy friendly, and that's what would scare me off something like a Whitfield pick next year. Any of these guys being top price next year would scare me off with a new coach, actually, with it being Clarko, unless we heard really good stuff preseason. But anyway, the one for 2023. Yeah, so we'll touch on rookies before we get into the top players in each position in order. So we have a few names here. So Bedendo, I think he's the best one uh, for the dogs. One twenty-three k. I accidentally traded him in in fantasy. We were doing the live, and I forgot to reverse it because I was going to go to cheat us. But I think that's actually worked out for me. Yeah, uh, much better um, move for you, you on that one. Yeah. You. <laughs> so he looked good. He probably a bit better in the first three quarters. I think fourth quarter, the entire dogs they were just out the game. The Lions got on top. But I thought he looked good. Took a few marks around the ground. Uh, I can't remember if he kicked a goal or not. I don't think he did, but he looked dangerous when but he got Endo the ball. Did, like, so he so. kicked a goal. Okay, yes. Um, but yeah, he looked like something was going to happen when he got near the ball. So I don't see him getting dropped. And I think, I guess, people need a downgrade. And it is, I think he's forward only. So people probably want DPP. So if you're looking for somebody that's 123K and you don't need to go down to 102K, yeah, he's the one I like the most. Uh, there's one I like more. Uh, Jace Burgoyne from Port, 117.3K, mid-defender. I think he scored a 65. Uh, took Riley Bonner's role across like halfback in defense. Uh, Bonner's out for another, I think, three weeks with a cheek injury. So looks like he's got some good short-term job security. Looked really good at the level. Was one of Port's... I wouldn't say better players, but it was definitely like not in their bottom few. So yeah, I like I like him going forward as an option. 
They got an injury too, right? Lucky Jones, although he's been playing forward. But yeah, he uh, he had a hammy. Um, yeah, and then you got right. Houston as well, but he should be oh, yeah. playing right. And how Jimmy? I was calling this man Jimmy Turnstile last week because I thought he'd be going straight out of the team, but he actually played well on Thursday. Jimmy Tunstall. Oh, he did. He did. Didn't he score really well? He too? kicked like, the goal too. Yeah, he, kicked, he scored seventy odd. So he's a mid only. So maybe one to look at. But I guess. Oh, actually, no. They got a couple of injuries too, didn't they? Of course, with those two boys. So he's definitely staying in for at least this week. Um, yeah, maybe eleven he's a touches. Thought he played better than eleven touches, though. He, he was good. He was taking good marks. Yeah. Where, where were these options earlier in the year, boys? Uh, everywhere, defense, the lot. Yeah. Um, so actually, I didn't. I completely forgot about Bergwijn, but I think he, given injuries, defender mid and a little bit cheaper, he's probably the one you go to out of the lot. Although I think Tunstall will keep playing for a bit, so they all look like okay-ish options. And then the two Gold Coast boys, yeah, uh, Chidas and I don't know his name, but his nickname is Ace, so we'll call him Big Ace. Yeah, uh, I don't know how to say that. They play like Pretty, a combined 70 tog to combined. Like, what the hell is that? <laughs> yeah, I can't make sense for that. So I think they're just avoids. Uh, I guess look at them next week, possibly, if they it's get like more game time. It's like being a player down, basically, isn't it? Like, yeah, basically. Two <laughs> players. Doing, Stewie? All right. They got like run over the top of like, this is weird. Anyway. So that's the rookies. Now. Uh, Jackson, if you're feeling up to it with your yeah. sore throat or whatever, uh, would you like to go through the top players in each position that you've listed? Okay. Uh, so, these weren't really meant to be ordered, but they like roughly are. Um, so anyway, the way we'll kind of go through it is I've got like a top six, eight, two or six for each of their lines. And then I've kind of got the best of the rest. And the best of the rest are like other players that I would be comfortable owning in my team right now or like you know if you had five of the top six and then one from the from the best of the rest then i think you're going pretty well all right so in defense we've got dawson sicily sinclair doherty hewitt and then at number six we've got dale um so i think the first five probably won't surprise anyone uh they'd be in the top averaging players right now for defenders anyway. And then Dale's one that's kind of snuck up as a sneaky D6 with Caleb Daniel being out for a couple of weeks with that knee problem. Uh, looked really good on the weekend. Should be getting more ball out of back. Should all go through him for the next few weeks, which uh, is promising for his score from here to the end of the year. Any hard disagreements or shall I go into the best of the rest? Uh, I, now, I, look, there's a few in the Discord that will love this, but put some respect on Balladale's name. He was like 105 average before last week, which was still better than all pretty much everyone still below him, right? Like still better than Saad, Crisp, Houston. So yep. he was already sort of up there. And obviously that Caleb Daniel stuff makes it even more secure because he just gets probably five, six more kicks a game. So uh, Doc, I don't know what Doc's going to be like the rest of the year. I know I'm just resting on the fact that he has sort of faded out. Uh, every few of his last seasons on the weekend, he, he looked a bit slow. Uh, but um, I don't know. I just think that I might, I would probably have Dale maybe ahead of Doc from here on out. Maybe I don't know if that's hot or not. It's probably not too hot, but yeah, maybe that's the only change I would probably have. What do you think about that, George? I'm finding it hard. The one I'm struggling with is Hewitt. 
where to place him. But I think Doherty and Dale, I take Dale easily. Uh, durability for one. And then, look, I think look, Doc can, Doc's ceiling is a bit higher. Um, but he's, uh, he's probably living a little bit, uh, what's bumped up his average a little bit is his first few rounds. So I think he's uh, he's sub 110 now, whereas I think Dale can probably overtake him at some point. So I think Dawson is one. I think Sinclair over... Actually, I probably have Sicily above Sinclair purely because of the tag threat. Because it's happened in the past two weeks. Um, if he doesn't get tagged, I think Sinclair is probably D2. Um, but yeah, I think that's fair. I, uh, Hewitt's hard to place because he's dropped off a little bit. But I think the role is still perfectly fine. And Chera's CBAs are past two are zero and zero. Yeah, I so think I 100 fantasy, I think, so he's not yeah. he's still really good. Yeah, I mean, I think if two were to drop off out of this list, on recent form would have to be Hewitt and Doherty, who have the weakest kind of three-round and five-round averages of the list we've gone through so far. I think the only problem is that the best of the rest that I've got listed here don't inspire much confidence either. So yeah. the next two are two that most of us have in short and crisp. We're both very durable, which is part of the reason why we've picked them, but their scoring has gone off a cliff. Um, Short, in particular, has got a three-round average of 83, five-round average of 87. Uh, Crisp's got a three-round average of 93, five-round average of 95. So they've both dropped off um, quite heavily, and I, I see them as, as still um, you know, well behind whatever Hewitt or Doherty would put out. Uh, and then the only other one worth talking about would be Stewart, who I think I'd have in the top six over. You could probably talk me up, uh, talk me out of one of the Carlton boys now over Bailey Dale. Uh, but yeah, well, you obviously got to wait for Stewart to come back. Um, so will be top six from when he returns, but obviously not top six from here, given that he's not playing. Yep, I don't think much more can be said. It's just the Shorty and Chris thing is just, uh, we didn't envisage all these bloody 110, 115 defenders, <laughs> like maybe a couple, but not like four or five. So they yeah. just look much worse than they probably would have been. That's all. I don't think Chris, I think Chris is still much better than Short. The role is still there. I think yeah, he's, he's just had a bit of a down so, touch. Yeah. Short's just out of position, so there's not much. Shorty's an eight-game midfielder. Chris has played, you know, eight years yeah. of it. <laughs> That's it. I'm still All comfortable right. with Chris, but I think he can do 105 from here. Should cool. kill North All this right. week, you'd think. Shall we move into the midfield then? Yep. All right. I think the top six here, maybe even the top seven, I'm like feeling really confident with, and then it's the eighth spot and beyond that's a little bit more difficult. So reading from the top, we've got Clayton Oliver, Lockie Neal, Jack McRae, Rory Laird, I've written McRae twice. Oh, my God. What has happened here? That's Is right. that still eight? <laughs> one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Oh, I can add in one more. Fantastic. Um, all right. So, sorry. Oliver, Neil, McRae, Laird, Steele, Miller. That's that's the top six, and I'm, like, really happy with that top six. Then after that, I've got Andy Brayshaw and Sam Walsh to round out the top eight. Uh, and then let's go best of the rest because I think there's a fair few good names in here and then we can maybe argue about who's most deserving of those to re- replace a Brace or a Walsh. So we've got uh, Petrarca, Parrish, Mills, Guthrie and Merritt. I think it's clearly those first two guys, right? Petrarca and, and Parrish who can match it with any of those top eight guys. Um I think you're right. The top six is probably right. I maybe have Took ahead of Steel just because I think isn't Took's run just crazily good? Like, uh, really, oh, really I, easy. 
As I said, these are like um, loosely ranked. I'd probably have Laird course, yeah. above McRae or someone like oh, that yeah, because yeah. the the Crows runs really good. Um, what I'm saying hard, is, even as a steel yeah. owner, maybe I'd have him in the bracket with Bra- like his Brayshaw and Walsh are 115, and I sort of pegged steel to be maybe 115. So maybe I have him in that same bracket. I guess it's what we think. Well, first of all, what you think Parrish is going to do after his sort of recent calf and how he looked on the weekend, and then is track going to keep up this? ridiculous form and you know that performance in the weekend and sort of do what he did last year and have a an unbelievable like last two months um yeah so so i guess start with parish jd the parish one is really hard like you could look at the game on the weekend um one of two ways so i think way one is that he didn't play particularly well uh and it looked pretty average to be honest like in terms of game performance this year probably one of his weaker efforts i think the positive you could take out of though is he still scored yeah, really well despite that. So 112, uh, despite not playing particularly well. And he also only had 63% um, CBAs where for the last 10 rounds before he kind of got injured, you'd see him in the mid-80s, high-80s kind of uh, number for CBA. So definitely there's a chance to get more midfield rotations than what he had, which means more scope for scoring. So... Yeah, like I definitely, I mean, this, this is why he's in, you know, part of the best of the rest and, and right up there at the top. I could easily see him having a stretch of 120 on the run home and, and being right up there with them as well. Yeah. Yeah. What about track, George? Would you... I don't think track is top eight. I think he can do it, but we've seen this year that the floor is pretty low. So I think, yeah, Mills is out, just roll and whatnot. I think... I'd probably have Brayshaw out for Mills. No, no, I mean, sorry, Brayshaw, Brayshaw yeah. out for Parrish. Sorry, highlight yeah. Parrish. It said Mills. Um, I think no reason why Parrish was doing, apart from the had a slow start, but was doing one twenty for, I don't know, nearly two months. I don't see why he can't continue that. Yeah. So I think maybe because Essendon aren't as good as last year. Maybe. Yeah. Although he was doing one twenty because while they were losing a lot, so I don't know. Call it one fifteen. Um, was a slow start, average it out. So I think, yeah, Brayshaw out for Parrish. So I love Andy Brayshaw. Uh, he should be thereabouts. Uh, he took zero marks on the weekend and scored really well, which is unusual for him because he usually racks up a lot of marks. So he did more of the grunt work, mate, which you asked for. He was, he was, yeah. Oh, the chase down tackle, like seven tackles in the last quarter was so good. Yeah, that was was so good. Yep. He didn't get coaches' votes, and I don't know how, because like actually watching the one. game, <laughs> no, watching the game, he was like best on for me, and so like I'm like so confused how he didn't get coaches' votes. I like I I well yeah, coaches putting some respect on the Shrek. <laughs> I I maybe they're gonna watch like review that footage during the week and realize they made a mistake on what was going on there. But yeah. look, if he's oh, under actually, the that's them, pivotal because he's like top three, right? <laughs> that's pretty crazy. Yeah, yeah, he, like, he could he win it. Needs him. Yeah, yeah, I think well. Oliver's clear first, but yeah. Um, so just by the way, like uh, for on Petrarca, right? So his average for the year is one twelve, and that includes that three game stretch in the middle where he had like a seventy five yeah. average because he was what he had sick. Did he have the flu, or he had a problem with his knee or something? And then that was, was in the lead up to the bye. Uh, and then, like, yeah. he's obviously had the ceiling game since. So I think if you... Uh, it's, it was 116 un- then. <laughs> yeah, he. so like, I think if you remove those games, he is sitting over 115th year. It's, like, easy to say just remove the bad games. Of but, course, yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I don't they know. Like, reasons. I, feel, yeah. I feel like he is one that is right up there. Probably the only other thing that's worth drawing attention to with the, these this mid list is the bigger mission here is Crips, um, who we're all pretty high on um, earlier in the year, but he's fallen off pretty heavily and just doesn't look like a good option from here on out. No, it was a trap. Fell for it. Yep, I was never high. I was just... I, I think, to be honest, starting pick, yeah, the pick oh, is yeah. a starting pick. He worked out very well, and if you could trade him now to steal, it would have been perfect. But I think, unfortunately, a lot of people like me are going to be stuck with him from here to the end, and uh, it's going to be a little bit unfortunate. There's some of these others you'd just rather, much rather have, actually. Yeah. Yep. Ruck line. What All we right. Got? Rucks. So... Uh, there's probably only about four relevant players here with the injuries, and we're going to assume that Gorn is back this week. We're also not including English or Cameron here because they could be selected as forwards. So I think the two rucks, one and two, is Darcy and Gorn, and then best of the rest is Wits, and uh, let's throw in Nankervis as well. Uh, maybe even Rob. Yeah. Uh, just because Rob's Crow's been right. Yeah, he's there, and Crow's fixture is good. So, uh, all right. So let let let's start from the top though. Um, Darcy and Gorn as R one and R two from here. Would either of you advocate to, to put Wits in instead? No, I watch Wits <laughs> closer because he's in my fantasy team, and oh my god, the amount of walking that man does. And I don't. It's like like he had no preseason, so it's completely fair. But in super coach terms, it is so frustrating. Like. There'll be like a marking contest down the line. Wits will be walking through the middle and DC or Cox will be attending the marking contest. I'm like, where are you, Wits? Get involved, mate. No <laughs> marks around the ground. I think if he's not getting the hitouts to advantage, because yep. he was like breaking records at the start of the year. That's It's unsustainable. He's breaking records last week, but yeah. against Port. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, you so, don't get that every week. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, he's a little frustrating at the moment. Um but yeah, no hit-ups advantage. Um, we're getting a bad score. So hopefully get some decent matchups the next few weeks or something. I haven't checked the fixture. Um, but yeah, he looked really, really good last week. Like he's around the ground was a bit better last week. But over the past month, apart from that, uh, it's been quite, it's been poorer than what it was early in the year. So for me, that's why I would have uh, Gorn, then Darcy, then, then probably Wits next. All right. So let me advocate a case for Rob here. Um, so he obviously got dropped with the poor form. They played Strawn or whatever his name is. Um, I, I know someone actually like wrote the pronunciation of that name on one of our vids a little while back, and I still can't remember it. Sorry to whoever did that. Um, but anyway, he's, he's got a five-round average of 121 since he's returned, including um, back-to-back 120s the last two weeks, or like I think they were 127 each. They still have a relatively easy fixture, um, Hawkins and Collingwood the next couple West Coast and North and Port to finish off as well O'Brien looks like a really promising option instead of someone like Wits would you would you consider putting him up there instead of uh, yeah Wits as a R3 maybe I mean like if I had to trade one in for whatever reason like uh, I don't know where you'd be sitting like that but I think I might even be tempted to do Rob over Wits if you're bringing one in but uh um. Yeah, it's much. I'd yeah. I'd I'd much rather have obviously Darcy and Gorn, but 
you could, yeah, you could make a case for Rob over Wits. It shows how low we are on Wits now. <laughs> but... Yeah, yeah, like that's that's turned pretty quickly. I think Nankervis yeah. is obviously another one that people have been pretty high on. He's had, I think, like four 120s in the last about eight weeks. Um, so he's had lots of really big ceiling games. Uh, but I think with Nankervis, he's got uh, Wits, Goldstein, and then Darcy, and then Big O in the next four. So. He's played all the easy rucks now. He's actually got a lot of the harder rucks, so less high on Nankervis. And then some people may be asking about Nick Nett after returning with a 119. Obviously, we've seen that he can be one of the top scoring points per minute rucks in the league, but with his injury history and, and most as being low on trades, probably the hardest one to advocate for of anyone that we've kind of mentioned so far. Yep. He's also fully priced. He's like nearly 600K, so I think you could do worse than Nick Nett, though. Rob is hard to get a read on. Like the past, this year and last year, he's been like really, really good. Like, wow, how good is Rob? And then it's like, oh my God, well, no wonder he got dropped to the SNFL. But it, since he's been dropped, he's been really, really good though. So yeah, I think he's a I think he's a solid option. Don't think he gets dropped for the rest of the year. Just quickly with Max, like he, he's had an injury now. Does he get sort of managed more? Because they want to prime him for finals, right? So, I mean, Max can score still playing half as a forward, to be honest. But, um, yeah, he's just had the syndesmosis. He's kind of coming back a bit early from too. Like, he's only been out, what, two or three? Um, I think he says he feels good. Yeah, he always says that. <laughs> just, Please. yeah, do you worry, like, the last few rounds, him sort of just, you know, falling to Jackson for a bit? No idea. <laughs> I'd still be happy to have corn though. He'll be yeah. primed. They want to secure top spot. I what think are you going to say? They got port in two weeks. <laughs> I think my set might be back. I'm not sure. Oh, okay. Easy. Potentially. Yep. I think, I think yeah. I think that is the biggest risk, something. though. That is the biggest risk with Gorn is that he comes back and they just split him more time forward because they've seen what Jackson can do. But I don't know. Like this game, he's probably going to come back without Jackson. I assume. I don't know. Do, do we ever get confirmed with that Jackson? They both be both back. Both yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Yeah. So we don't know for yeah. sure, but yeah. I mean, if Jackson's coming back off injury as well, then like probably they just go back to what they were. I think it's very different to if Jackson had played through fully fit and done well both games. Yeah. All right. Lucky last is the forwards, which is inevitably the hardest line for us each and every year. I would say. Um, but as we kind of predicted, you'll see a lot of dogs' names in here. So starting off, we've got Marcus at number one. Marcus. <laughs> and then followed by Dunkley, English, Cogs, Libba, and Parker to round out the top six. And then the best of the rest here, and there's a lot of good options here. So um, Darcy Cameron, or at least until Grundy's back, uh, Harry Himmelberg in that new role, Tim Taranto, Will Brody, who I think is top six by average at the moment. Uh, Jeremy Cameron is one that you boys were advocating for a little bit earlier. I don't know if I'd have him in here. Not advocating, and, just throw him in. And then, uh, <laughs> touch him. and then Bailey Smith, I think, is a clear option as for a top six when he's back as well. Uh, but let's just bring it back to the top six there. So Bont, Dunkley, English, Cogs, Liver, Parker, anyone that you want to swap around in order or just take out of that list altogether. To be honest, like English above Dunkley. Oh, yeah, maybe English higher. But other than that, if I was like, to be honest, those, as long as you've got the dogs, but with the last, like with your Cogs, uh, Parker, um, 
Brody and and uh, Himmelberg. Uh, if you had any combo with those two, I'd be happy with. Like, I just think they're all really good options. It's just, it's just crazy. It's funny, just how it works. And now with the DPPs, is it going to be like this every year? Who knows? But I think there's plenty of good options there. I think Libba has seen a small spike in CBAs without Baz, so maybe he goes. I mean, he looks unbelievable at the moment. Like one of the inform mids in the comp, so maybe. He, comes back a little bit i think brody can push top six for sure and it's like it's hard to take one of these players out but the way himmelberg's going the way how much he's used is intercepting as well i think himmelberg looks like he's gonna push top six mate they're they're willingly like making their forward line worse just to keep him there so that he's not moving i've seen enough they brought in an yeah. irishman and he kicked four They've got Nick Haynes playing there who's just can't play forward to save his life and they will not move Himmelberg, so yeah. he's staying there. <laughs> yeah, it's I think it's it's really tricky. Um the top five averaging like forwards by the moment are like dogs, five dogs and then Brody, Parker, and then Cogs. Um I think the obvious ones that are not on this list that people had or we're looking at were Trelaw and Heaney. I think Heaney is nowhere near it at the moment. And uh, Trelaw, I mean, with the hamstring history, and then his scoring just hasn't been as good. It looks like he's pretty far off the pace as well. I think Butters, even if he's back, you probably wouldn't have him near the top of this list at the moment anyway, just given the knee injury and how he returned from it last year. Yep. Yeah, I agree. Oh, actually, by the way, talking about hamstrings, we forgot Dusty as well. He had a hamstring oh, too. Yeah. Just looking hey, through the He was looking bloody good that first half. He scored nine, yeah, what, 92 in a body half. And then. Yep. Uh, Turn the vest on. on. But uh, yeah. Yep. There's so many good forwards. Yeah, I think so. It'd be interesting to see how many regain it for next year and how many we start, but save that for next year. Before we get into the Discord, sorry, go on. Sorry, Baz will, hey, because I guess he's missed a lot of time. It's hard to sort of switch the. Percentages back in the other way. Oh no! I guess he only just sense. got over thirty-five percent, so it kind of depends on hmm. how much Maybe he plays on return. It. What's it? Yeah, I but I mean, like bots around the ball more lately. Yeah. There's like realistically, all of like Bont, Dunkley, and Smith could have it. I don't think Liver will. They can all just English, fall over the line. <laughs> English definitely won't. Brody definitely won't. Parker definitely won't. Cogs might still retain it next year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. But like. Fully priced cogs under Leon Cameron. I don't know if I want that. No, Leon, you mean? Oh, sorry, under Alistair Clarkson. Assuming that plays out. I like, I don't know if I want that as an option. Cool. But we can go, before we get to the Discord Q&A, I guess we can touch on captains. I think there's three glaring options this week. Uh, Laird oh. versus Hawks. Neil versus favorite team. The bombers, yeah, and VC Oliver is always going to be hard to pass up at GMHBA. Are you guys thinking anything outside of that, or do you have a plan in place for this week? The only other one's Took for me. He's sort of playing well lately. Gets the Tigers at home in Metricon. We don't really stop any mids at the moment and we're sort of undermanned there. I think Dion might be back. Presti might be back, but still, I think Tuke could run pretty right there. So maybe VC him for a ceiling game, but I'll be sticking the C on Neil pretty hard. 
I guess people will say, why the hell are you bypassing Clary, who's going 132 yeah. and averaging 35 touches a week, which is ridiculous. But uh, I don't know. Yeah, you can do that too. JD, you're hot on Neil this week, right? Yeah, well, I tweeted about Neil's like three-round average being 171, I think, versus his five-round average being like 150-something. So I think it's hard not to have Neil in your plans just given the history. His lowest in his last five was like 118 and the other lowest was like a 140. So it's pretty hard to go past that. There's actually a sneaky other option, um, by the way, worth talking about this week, uh, who has had... 152, 126, and 145 against the Swans in his last three. Do you want to take a stab at who that is? Who are they playing? The Dogs? Playing the Dogs? Uh, Marcus? I don't know. It is not Marcus. Marcus has got 108, 114, and 166 in his last three. So also respectable scores. Is it Dunks? No, it's Timmy English. Uh, And this is when he wasn't playing full run. So those are over like the last three calendar years as well, 152, 126, 145. So uh, a little bit of a sneaky outside option there, uh, given they play the Friday night. But I, I think it's hard for me to go past Clary against the Cats, just given the form he's in at the moment. I mean, he's over 700K, which is a milestone in Supercoach to hit the 700K barrier. Uh, and then, yeah, Neil is probably the obvious captain. I would really like to do Neil into Laird, but... Many of us won't have a loophole option in that last game of West Coast Carlton, which makes it pretty hard to do. I have Jai Cully. Oh, Mm. there you go. So the only other problem with that as well, which I figured out after my video, um, is that there's a two-hour, ten-minute gap between the start time of the Brisbane game and the start time of the Adelaide game. So you're only going to get about three quarters worth of scores before having to make that decision. And... That's really hard to do because, like, with these players, it's not impossible to have 50 point last quarters or zero point last quarters. We've seen it lots in the past. So, that kind of is making me lean towards Oliver, even though I think Neil Interlaird would be optimal. I'll probably just go VC Oliver into Neil. I'd like to loop Hobbs with Crips (laughs) (laughs) on. um, I love that. The last, uh, yeah. Otherwise, I can't loop Hobbs. Last quarter, right? Or something. Yeah, something like that. Now you got scaled down 12 points, but no, I'll take it not, 78 not from a rookie. <laughs> nope. Okay, so Discord Q&A. I'll be back. Join the Discord link in below. All right, and it doesn't want to do the Q&A. JD. <laughs> he, doesn't, rather... he doesn't respect the Discord. What what can we say? Not good enough. Uh, who would you trade out of Tom Green and Cripps? If you had a luxury trade. Uh, I haven't spent a lot of time looking at Tom Green. I, I mean, this is... Like, Tom Green is uh, Paddy Cripps light. Uh, are they still using him in the ruck? I don't know. I I'll take the CBAs. 73% this week. So, I think GWS's fixture is much harder from memory of the two. In which case, I'd probably rather have Cripps. Because they've got... West Coast this week, at least they've still got Adelaide to play as well, I think. So, now I probably hold Crips trade green, but I, I, I'd love to get rid of both. Yep, good point. Uh, at what stage do we eat into luxury trades in order to sideways? So, how many trades are you going down to before you do like a Crips or a short to whoever in one trade? What have we got seven weeks left that you need to have trades for? Mm-hmm. 
I'd probably still want to have three at the end of this week, ideally. And then if you've got three with six weeks to go and no injuries, maybe you can use one then. If you're at four or five, then I'd be like comfortable getting rid of Crips to Steel this week or something like that. Or short up to whoever. Like I think you could definitely do that this week if you still had four or five. Depends on how aggressive you want to be, of course, and whether you're playing for cash league finals and all that as well. Because if you are playing for league finals and you want to hold more trades, like doing luxuries now is usually isn't worth it, especially if you're already going to secure a, a spot in your finals. Yep, so there's a few trades. I think the first four questions are all how many should we hold and trade and whatnot before we do luxuries? I want to jump in here. I would be aggressive as hell and go down to two if it got me a player I want. If you could get like a short to a Dawson or something and be go down to two instead of three, I'd actually do that. I think that's 30 points a week from what it looks like. Yeah, if I had three trades this week and could go from Crips to Steel in one, I probably would. But I really like Steel. Okay, uh, well, I've got four. Can I do Crips to Laird by using two? I would. I, I probably wouldn't. I don't know. It's hard. I Going down so. to two, I don't like. I'll be honest. <laughs> How much cover have you got? I know you're saying it, George, but that's because you already have to. You're trying to bring everyone with you. <laughs> Join me. Go down <laughs> he, together. He, he, tra- he treats me last week, Anno, and I don't like looking at two <laughs> trades because I know I can't do anything for the rest of the year. <laughs> yeah, see, I want to hold my four, but yeah. We'll have fun when Laird puts, yeah, Laird puts okay. 60 Shut on Crips this week. Yeah, okay. You go and bigger. You settle down. <laughs> <laughs> Just go back to that every time I say something. <laughs> yep, yep. Who should we trade out of Heaney and... Okay, so there's, he's listed four players here. Heaney, Ridley, Short, Cripps. Um, so Heaney or Ridley, who would you get rid of first? Heaney. I mean, it depends who you can get, of course, but Heaney? Uh, yeah, probably Heaney. Ridley has been all right, hasn't he? Not like setting the world on fire, but he hasn't been terrible. But yeah, I think his last five have still been roughly better than Heaney's from memory. So yeah, I'd probably... Uh, get rid of Heaney, keep Ridley. Uh, short or Crips, who are we get rid of first? Oh, that's my dilemma, Crips. Yeah, I think get rid of Crips. Okay, next question is... I mean, they're both losing 20 points a week at the moment over who you'd ideally have. Yeah, uh, see, like I said before, it depends who you're... If you've got all the top defenders, who are you going shorty to? Right. Like, yeah, if you've already got yeah. Dawson, Sinclair, Doherty, Sisley. Oh, even Doherty's probably not in there. So if you've got Sisley, Dawson, Sinclair, yeah, you're really whereas not like missing you, out. On... Yeah, whereas like your Crips to Steel is easy, like upgrade. Where, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Now, would you rather have, would you rather say a weaker D6 or M8 or F6? So say you had like a, a player that you could get... A player that you could get to is an extra 20 points and like a weaker position, or would you rather uh, like an F, F7, M9? That makes sense there. Would you rather a weaker, a weaker premium or a stronger M7? Oh, sorry, M8, F9. No, oh my God. You know <laughs> what saying I'm letters and numbers. <laughs> Dyslexic, fully coming out. Better bench cover or... A premium bench cover or uh, a better premium on the field? Uh, I think if you've got the trades, it's just generally better to have the extra premium on field because if you have an injury, you just sideways them rather than using your bench cover. 
but you could loop that that player with another player. Yeah, so the I think that only works if you've got a bad player on field, right? Because like, say I brought in Stringer, right, and and I could loop him, but I've got <laughs> what do you mean the five five dogs mids and Brody. I realistically never expect to use Stringer score, so looping no. him there is not useful if I just had the better F six. Yeah, so I guess it depends on your situation. It does always, I guess, with the trades left and whatnot, but. Trust me, I tried looping Heaney and, and Tom Hawkins three years ago, and it, they always scored 50 on the same round or 130 on the same round, did my head in. <laughs> I'd rather just have the better Primo, yeah. Got one from Theo here. Um, would you sideways short to May? <laughs> uh, no. I should have read that one out. <laughs> um, someone asks, who should I trade Hall to for 100 under 500k not answering this but you guys can go oh so (laughs) we went over this anyway whitfield may short i guess yeah stick with those i don't think there'd be too many others Uh, what are you coming oh if you can afford coming yeah he'd be the best should i yeah sorry yep He's 470. Okay. This guy has three trades left, including Darcy Cameron. Um, but he has Heaney. He wants to get rid of Heaney. Should he go down to two? Yep. Yeah, if we want to get rid of Heaney, then get rid of him. Because he's got Heaney and Cameron, so he's probably missing one of the dogs or someone like that. Assuming he has Brody as well. So. But he has to get rid of Cameron, so it's basically going down to one. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh. Oh, no, hold on. We don't have to get rid of Cameron. So are you planning to hold him through the grindy? <laughs> yeah, hell yeah. That'd be stupid to like plonk him forward after what he's doing. And grindy doesn't sound too hot either. Like, they keep pushing the back fact his they just keep He keeps being a month every week. It just makes me think he's not going too great. But I wouldn't worry about Cameron. It might be like a two-round thing, whereas if you still got one trade, maybe you just take the risk with two rounds to go and use it. So I wouldn't worry about it. Someone asked, should I trade Ridley? Yeah, I think he's fine to trade if you can. Would would uh, Did we cover whether you trade Ridley or Short? Uh, probably hold Short still. If it's between those two, yeah, I'd trade Ridley. But Diamond says, looking back with hindsight, what would your starting team look like? I don't think we have all day for that. Oh god! I mean, we could maybe do that another time later. Like Dawson, everyone would have (laughs) Dawson. Yeah, they should have seen that anyway. (laughs) Um, to ask, uh, is it bad to barrack for Essendon, or what is it like to barrack for Essendon? Bad in what sense? Like you don't get to enjoy most of your weekends because we don't play well. Like, yeah, in that sense, it's bad. Bad because most people don't like you when they find out you follow Essendon. Yeah, but like I guess that's also like a negative. Uh, bad because you don't get to watch any football in September. I I guess you could say that's pretty bad. But if you like free time, then it's good. So I guess it all comes down to perspective. Some people, you know, are loners. They don't like watching that much football. Um and they don't really care whether people win or lose. They just want to see the, their team have fun, have a laugh out in the field. So if you like those things, you'd love being an Essendon fan. 
Oh, and if you like winning every trade period, big ups. You should definitely become a bomber. Um, but if you hate losing um, draft period, then yeah, don't don't jump on. So yeah, I guess it's all perspective as to whether it's good or bad to back for Essendon. Is that just what the PR tells you every year? Yeah, yeah, that's it. Oh, what that we won? No, we've got Jacket Stadoro on the trade table. He's never lost a trade in his life. The man's a genius. That's why our list is stacked. <laughs> I'd take him over the Crows. We got at the Crows. Right, you you landed Dawson, all right? Like I, I wouldn't oh. be hating too much at the moment. He had dinner with Matthew Nix. Nix probably cooked him like the best steak of his life. <laughs> Wasn't it just come home factor and <laughs> more money? Crow support as a kid. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I'm happy we got him. That's another oh, statement. Yeah. Yes, very much so. Um, someone asks a question for me. What are my thoughts on English as a subject at school? Um Good if you English or actual <laughs> English. I think English. English is all right subject. I didn't mind it. Sciences are the struggle. What was you you boys? What was your best subject and worst subject in high school? Oh wow. Uh, I mean, I was right at maths, but not like the advanced ones. Like further in the middle one, I wasn't. I, I was all right at, but. Worst, uh, probably was English to be honest. Darn big words and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, my my like for year twelve, my best subject after scaling was specialist maths. I'm pretty sure. Um, my worst subject for year twelve was English. I think. Uh, like I did okay, but it wasn't definitely wasn't my best. I remember like the only good part about. English in year 12 was like we got graded for um, a presentation and you could pick any topic. You just had to speak for 10 minutes. And so I like um, cut together like highlights of me playing WoW and did a presentation <laughs> on WoW for 10 minutes. And it like, was the only like English project I ever got an A plus on. Like, yeah, teacher loved it. Um, I was, t- oh, I think it was talking about like gaming addiction was like the theme for it. And at the end, she was like, oh yeah, I'd rather my kids smoked weed than like played WoW. I'm like, haha, yeah. Yeah, that, that's <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and then uh, I, before that, though, before that, my worst subject was French. So I really wish I could speak more than one language. Just never good at it. And what I used to do, like, so I was like straight A's in French, and then I dropped it in year nine, which I think was the first year we could drop it. And the teacher was so confused as to why I wanted to drop French. But for all our tests, I would have like the pencil case, and then have like a pen stuck in it, and have like the cheat sheet with all the French words in it. And so that's why, like, I nailed it. Like, I was just willing to cheat to get good grades. And then as soon as like, yeah, like then I just dropped it as quick as I could because I, I knew I wasn't any good at it, and like <laughs> persisting with it wasn't going to be good. So yeah, got out of French pretty quickly. That was like genuinely my worst subject. As much as I'd like to be able to speak French. <laughs> yeah, I did Indonesian. Uh, <laughs> did you do any languages, Jorts? Uh, I was like in a small Italian class. <laughs> I didn't pay much attention. I was like, I was always said to my old man, like, why don't you speak Italian at home? He's like, that. No. No. It's like literally any other person that speaks Italian, he'll like, no English, not a single word of English, just spoken. Yeah. But around the family, no, doesn't want to speak in yeah, the other yeah. language I did was uh, Japanese, which I persisted longer. I did like a homestay over there for a couple of weeks. That was pretty sick. But yeah, dropped that once it started counting for VCE. Too hard <laughs> to write the notes in the pencil case for Japanese. Yeah, much harder, much harder. 
Uh, someone asks, how many questions do we get? One, and he's already used it, so fair luck. <laughs> uh, Dacos next year, starting him. Yes or no? One word. Uh, or maybe. One word. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> it's a good one word. Cop out. Uh, I'll stick with yes, but yeah. I would say unlikely. Uh, would you bring in Max Gorn off the bat in this week for people that might have held a Jackson donut or whatever? Couldn't get couldn't get him up. So, like, I guess the interesting question here because it's kind of relevant to my fantasy team, George, is like English and Gorn both back this week. Uh, if you could only bring in one, not from fantasy perspective, like let's talk about it from super coach perspective, who would it be? Right, because one's coming off concussion. Where he's had to sit out an extra week. The other's coming off a syndesmosis where he's returned early after two weeks. I'm quite worried about Gon's return after just two weeks of syndesmosis. I hate predicting these things because I think English was going 120, low 120s. Gon was about 120. Uh, I think they averaged similar, though. I guess I just said that. But off the one week, uh, let's look at the matchups. So English plays, he's got a good record against Sydney. Uh, Gorn plays at GMHBA against whoever. Stanley can restrict sometimes. I'd probably go English this week, but... He's killed yeah, him in the past. It's hard. Yeah, That's Gorn actually has well. a good track record against no. them as well. 159, 135, 141 the last three. But they were all played at... Oh, wait, no, two of those were at MCG. And he kicked five skulls in a bloody quarter against him in the finals. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Gorn, I guess. I, I think he's fine to bring in straight away, but in terms of which one out of the two this week, I, I think Gorn will be very, he'll be hungry. He'll, he was, you know, he was pissed off. Remember that time mm. when he went to the bench? He'll be, he's not many prouder men than Max Gorn in the AFL. He'll, he'll be good. And they, it's a big game against Geelong. He will, he'll rise to the occasion, and they'll need him to rock. Because I know you're saying we're saying Gorn is underdone. Well, so is Jackson. Hmm. Yep. Yep. Okay, I think that's almost everything we got. Uh, CW should the government implement a sugar tax? Yes. <laughs> All companies should get a sugar test uh, tax. Uh, last question. From Paul, who's probably the best player in our Discord, just consistently. I think he was top top twenty last year. I think he's just always around the mark. Uh, what a um, quickly, sorry, he's like thirtieth on the Hall of Fame or something. He's creeping up. You're up there yeah. too, still as well. But yeah, he's yeah. Last year was really good. Um, what are our three biggest mistakes of this year? Cool. Okay. I can go because I can remember them already. <laughs> um, okay. Week uh, Aaron Hall numero uno mistake uh, round three got him in two seventies dropped seventy k off the bat. Uh, learn that one. I knew anyway. We've been over that. It pissed me off. Uh, probably trading in Lipinski, even though he made hundred k. I could really do with that trade right now. Oh, but number one, easily trading Will Brody round two, dumbest move of all time. Oh, and trading Max Gorn around three. Second dumbest move of all time. Have you come back from all these? <laughs> Yet me and JD are sitting here below you. I know why. Because our number one was not getting Will Brody. And we can handshake on that. <laughs> my number one was my starting team as a whole. Uh, as a whole right? Oh, like, yeah, true. No, no, Hewitt. Yeah. no Hewitt. No Cripps. No Sicily. 
no Brody, no Nick Martin, no Jack Hayes. I missed six of the best players. I think like Neil and Wits were probably the only two that I had that you absolutely had to have. I missed almost everyone else. So my biggest mistake was my starting team. It was particularly bad this year. Uh, I think my second biggest mistake was trading in Jordan Dugowie whenever that happened. <laughs> uh, and then I guess number three would have to be Zorko. Yeah. It, it, like I, I, I yeah. can't say someone like trading Bailey Smith was a bad uh, mistake. That was just unlucky. Turned out bad. Yeah, that's yeah. different. Yeah. Uh, Where he's yeah. looping in Brody with the starting team. Yeah, with the, as part of like, like missing I mean, both Sicily and Brody, and then like s- s- continuing to stay away from them was pretty bad. Yeah, I mean, I've got to loop mine in with with round three though, because I went uh, McGovern to to Jake Bowie instead. So that's probably the mistake there when it should have been Brody in mm. the four uh, in the forward line, and then a different like defender or just just do that one trade. And you know, I got out of Whitfield, which which was part of it, but yeah, not getting Brody. Clearly is, is hampered me and you all year. Um, the other one was probably um, just, yeah, getting, I mean, getting Crips in when he was at 5.30, um, thinking that uh, that'd be still value, but he's just, that's just turned pear-shaped. Um, I'll be honest, I haven't had a lot of mistakes and that's, uh, it sounds arrogant, but like just been a, a lot of unlucky stuff, like getting in steel, uh, he gets injured, um, getting in yeah like you said we got baz and all that that debacle um like not not poor choices just 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 bad luck uh, i think it's more the blokes i missed like the trades i made and got in are fine it's the blokes i missed like brody didn't get a driscoll which was like an extra 150k 200 or whatever just to, to spread on my team so yep. just a couple yep. of misses that yeah when your team values down i end up with uh you know well, Darcy Cameron, look, to be honest, that's a, that's a saviour. But say that guy didn't exist, like what would I be stuck with at F6? Like I wouldn't even want to know. Would not even want to know. <laughs> yeah, maybe Heaney and Stringer. Oh, oh, like who would it be? <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. yeah, I think like honestly my starting team was so bad that I'm rank is actually kind of okay given how yeah. bad my team yeah. was. Yeah, um, mine, was like, oh, fuck, mine was good. I just, I just yeah, don't know. Like seven rounds in, I was ranked 27K, I want to say. And that was, I feel like that was around the time, like I brought in Bailey Smith in round 10, like just moves to sink my team. Every time it kind of went back up, they just went back down. So yeah, 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 definitely starting team was my worst part. Already looking forward to next year, to be honest. (laughs) I don't know. Don't wish this year away. We've got seven more rounds of AFL fantasy to go that I'm looking forward to <laughs> FPL vids coming soon boys <laughs> <laughs> sounds good so yeah good luck on the uh, car I say hat chase it's a bloody car chase now yeah JD um, well so yeah good luck with that and then I know hopefully you can back up your top no 100 at 8, 8 million or whatever it was top 50 out of 1, 8 million so no wouldn't want to. What gets the hat, JD? Is it top fifty or hundred? Top top one hundred, and you get a hat. Oh. With, I, think, I think it's the number that you finish. So oh, it's cool. not just about getting top one hundred. You yeah. kind of want to get like a cool number as well. Why can't Supercoach do something like that? <laughs> oh, sorry. Why can't Supercoach do something like that? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, like you get socks, but no one sees socks. You get the tracksuit for the top <laughs> ten. 
But yeah, that is yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, you're right. They did a hat a few years ago for top 1K. And I think this year they just did like KFC and key rings and socks and stuff. Yeah. But I'm guessing the hat wouldn't have been numbered like the fantasy one. And that's what's kind of cool. Like no. you get it with your, yeah. your I should have left mine in Moonta. Uh, but I got it back. <laughs> Moonta is like 90 minutes away from Adelaide. Oh. Um, on fishing trip. But Wait, have yeah. you got one of these super coach hats? Yeah, it's around somewhere. Um, not not here on me right now, but I'll bring it out. Maybe, maybe next. Yeah, maybe next pod. KFC uh, no, vouchers aren't any good. There's no cat. There's no lettuce anyway. Oh, okay. cow is disgusting. <laughs> I think we yeah. can wrap it up. Um, yeah, so here we go. This week, I think yeah, the team's all finished basically now. So it's see how many points you guys can bloody catch me. I think if Oscar. Doesn't do good, but we'll see how we go. But anyway, um, pleasure as always, boys. Pleasure to ours. Been a pleasure. Thanks, uh, thanks everyone for tuning in, and we'll see you guys soon.